The Radiant Podcast is a proud member of the Converge Podcast Network. And I want to give a quick shout out to our underwriting ministry partner, First 15. To get deeper into God's Word today, visit first15.org forward slash converge. Now on to today's show. Welcome to the Radiant Podcast. I'm your host, Kelsey Chapman, and if there's one thing I believe, it's that you're capable of making your dreams a reality and that the world needs you to be living out your purpose. One thing I love is to chat with people doing impactful work in hopes that we can all learn something from the conversation. Not to mention, we get to apply all of that wisdom to our own journey. Each week, you will hear just that here at the Radiant Podcast. So without further ado, let's get to it. Welcome back to the Radiant Podcast, and this week we have my friend Morgan Harper Nichols joining us. Guys, you are in for such a treat. Millions find Morgan's words to be a source of encouragement in their day, and today you will not be disappointed as we talk about her latest book, All Along You Are Blooming. I think Morgan can teach us a thing or two about blooming in this season, the crazy one we're currently in right now, and I'm so excited she's joining me today on the Radiant Podcast. I think this will serve as a bright spot in your week. I know it has mine, and so without further ado, let's get to it. Hey, Morgan. Hello. How are you? I'm good. I'm so pumped to have you back on. It's been two years and a lot has happened for you in the past two years. So (laughs) I would love for you to start out. You know, if you're a first time listener and you're tuning into this episode, into this conversation with Morgan, we do have another episode that you can scroll back to and hear kind of the prequel to where she's at today and the um, mm-hmm. the beginning of her story. But I would love for you to give us a brief intro of your story and then catch us up to speed to what's been going on in your world the last two years. Yes. Yeah, so what's been going on over the past two years? Oh, so many things, so many good things, challenging things. <laughs> uh, when I look back, especially over the past year, I was able to see the fruit of a lot of the work that I've been putting in for many years of just trying to figure out how to live a life that is that feels meaningful and purposeful despite uncertainty and change of jobs and change of cities and so many things that so many people go through. And yeah, I I just turned 30 last week and I honestly think that like those that last bit of my twenties was just like oh, it's about to get real. Like, you've got to be a real grown-up now. (laughs) And just dealing with a lot of that pressure. But at the same time, I got to sign a book deal, which was really exciting. That was something I never thought would be possible. And, well, well, maybe I shouldn't say never, but I was like, if it does happen, that's way off in the future somewhere. (laughs) Totally. It wasn't anything that I thought would be close to me. So, yeah, that was a huge opportunity that came about. I became a mom <laughs> and I now have, um, um, gave birth to my son, Jacob, eight months ago. So now he's, you know, practically going off to college and <laughs> <laughs> he's moving out and yeah, it's going by <laughs> really fast. And yeah, so that's been a huge, huge shift. And in that way, my life is interesting. I feel like my life has gotten like, has picked up speed and slowed down at the same time. Like, I don't know how that, how that works, but it's like professionally, it's like, whoa, there's so much going on. 
and I'm so grateful and it's a little bit tiring, but I'm going to be okay. And then now I'm like, oh my gosh, I think I've been home for four days straight. I think I should go get some fresh air and, you know, and go do something. And I've, you know, kind of been in mom mode for a while. So, so yeah, a mixture, a lot of mixture of things, but yeah, I think that's a, a little synopsis of what I've been up to. Well, I, I love something you just mentioned where you just said kind of all the fruit of your hard work and effort has paid off, you know, on the first episode that we had a conversation together on a few years back, you really paid your dues and you supported other people and their dreams. You went on the road, you did all kinds of things to get to this place. So from like when you first got started in your creative journey to kind of this moment in time, how many years have you kind of been in this game? And what was that shift where it felt like that effort started to pay off? Mm, I would say the short answer is about 15 years, but then 10 years, 10 years of like, okay, because I graduated from college when I was 20 and I went to my nine to five job and at the same time, I was like, I wonder if I could like have a blog on the side because I was like starting to follow a lot of authors on Twitter. And and yeah, I was trying, like just really curious. I had a few things that kind of like took off and and had a little bit of, I wouldn't even say traction, but <laughs> just like moments. Yeah. And I would pick up momentum a little bit and then I would kind of like get distracted or I would you know, kind of move on to something else. So, but about 10 years of consistently, like every day thinking, what can I do today? Like, how can I try this today? Or, you know, maybe I should give that up and try this instead. And I'm talking about everything from blogging to music, to photography, to graphic design, (laughs) uh, web design. Um, I've done a lot of things, I've done a lot of things. And, and I ended up doing what I'm doing now just from, trying a lot of different things. And so yeah, about 10 years. Wow. Well, I, I mean, I've totally seen that kind of pattern in my own story of my creative expression has taken shape in a lot of different formats over the years. And I think Mm -hmm. sometimes for our listeners, when you kind of lay down one medium and move on to the next, it can feel discouraging. Like, wow, did I just waste my time? Was that a good use of Mm -hmm. my time? Am I a failure? Could I just not hack it at that? But actually, I think that's just a very normal part of the creative journey. Like for me too, Mm -hmm. I ran a wedding invitation business. I've done some web design projects, graphic design, (laughs) all kinds of random things. And And I think that's a very normal part of the creative journey. So in that 15 and then especially those last 10 years, what did it feel like as you kind of picked up different tools of the trade, tested out different mediums? What did it take for you to arrive at like, oh, poetry is really my thing. Um, Kind of the style of art is my niche. Like what, Mm. what did that process look like? Because I think it can look really pretty to the person who's following along and be like, wow, Morgan grew a million followers in a year. But like, Mm -hmm. it was probably a pretty like hard journey. Am am I not wrong? (laughs) Oh yeah, absolutely. (laughs) And it was, I struggle a lot with self-doubt and talking myself out of things. And even if something good happens, like I'll tell myself like, oh, that was nothing. Or, you know, like my, my, 
poem first went viral on Pinterest, like my first thought was, oh, well, you know, things go viral all the time. Like this isn't sustainable. I can't make something out of this. And honestly, the, the shift for me when I was like, okay, this is my style. This is what I'm doing. This is what I want to do. This is what I can do. It was when I really started to pay attention to the things that people were saying to me about what I was creating. And it was when I was starting to read DMs that people would send me and before where I maybe I used to just like respond and say, oh, wow, thank you so much for sharing that with me. I would really go back and read their words a second and third time. And I would see them like, wow, like this person, like they picked, they picked that up from what I created. Like they gathered all of that from this thing that I barely even shared because I didn't think it was good enough. And yet they were able to see themselves and their story reflected in this. And I just think that it it took other people's stories and it took other people responding to what I created. And, and when I say other people, like, I don't mean like famous people. I don't mean people with a huge following. I mean, what most people would consider an ordinary person because they have 20, 22 followers and maybe a profile picture. But it was, it was those moments where I was like, if that person took the time to speak to me, like, let me see what they had to say. And, and yeah, that was a big shift for me. And I honestly, until this day, the way that I make my art is I, I I see it as my part of the conversation. So when someone sends me a message and they say something like, oh, wow, I really like that you wrote about this. Can you also write about that? I will write about that. And not because I'm like, okay, I just have to do whatever the people say. But I just imagine that person standing in front of me and I'm like, well, what would I say in conversation naturally to that response, you know, to that question that they just asked or that thing they requested? And I even do that when it comes to colors and color palettes. Like there's sometimes people will request like, hey, can you do something in this color palette or can you do this imagery? And if it's something that I don't know how to do, I just imagine myself standing in front of them and thinking, I'm like, huh, well, I could take this element and I could use that. Like, what do you think? Is that interesting? Like, does this add to the conversation that we're having here? So yeah, I see it as a conversation. And honestly, the more I can focus on that, just focus on like, how is this dialogue? How is this you know, not not just me listening to them or them listening to me, but how are we learning from one another and being present with one another? And that's very challenging to do on social media, but it's a challenge that I like. And I think that that's something too. It's like, I think you know that you kind of have something in the sense. It's like when you find a challenge that you enjoy trying to work with. And I don't even want to say fix or accomplish because some challenges, you can't do it by yourself. You can't, you know, you can't achieve every goal or fix everything by yourself. However, I think that there are different things in culture and in our communities that catch our attention. And it's a problem that maybe if we don't know how to solve, we're curious about it. And I think for me, I found that curiosity in, in honestly, social media and just how easy it can be at times to just forget that we're all real people here who are still in need of being loved, heard, seen, and known. Man, well, I I love your approach to that because I think 
like you are one of the most thoughtful and responsive people I've ever seen do kind of the creative work you do. You really do take the time. And and I think it's really interesting. And I think it'd be peop- interesting for people to be kind of led into this facet of your creative process. But what what does it look like when you're responding to and creating these pieces? I mean, that takes time to read mm-hmm. through what people are sending you. I mean, I think last time we talked, you were waking up and no matter what, every day, even if it was like 4 a.m., you were writing. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. that is, <laughs> yep. that's a discipline. <laughs> and I think people can look at this creative process as like abstract and the girl in overalls covered in paint <laughs> in her workshop. But like, whoa, this is a discipline. You act, mm. you lose sleep to read people's DMs and create a thoughtful response. I mean, I'm yeah. not getting up at 4 a.m., I'll tell you that. So <laughs> tell me more about that because I, I think sometimes people don't realize how disciplined and, and how much of a job the creative process can be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that you use the word discipline. And I love that I was talking about that two years ago. <laughs> that's still my life right now. So as I mentioned, I'm a new mom and I have... Um, you know, I'm, I'm on my eight month old schedule now. So, you know, he wakes up whenever he wants (laughs) and my husband can go right back to sleep when the baby goes back to sleep, but I can't, I can't do it. I end up staying up. And at first I was like really frustrated about it. I was just like, Oh, I'm losing so much sleep. Like, how am I going to be productive throughout the day? Like, how am I going to make it through the day if I can't get sleep? And that's obviously still a challenge. However, now when I can't get back to sleep, I just get up and I write and I get up and paint. And yeah, so I'm still doing that this morning. I started at 3.45 a.m. Oh my and gosh. <laughs> I'll take a nap at some point. And, but in the meantime, it's, you know, I found something and, and as selfish as this may sound, like I found something that I really, really enjoy doing. And for me, it happens to be something that I enjoyed doing when I was like five or six years old. I used to do this. I used to, as soon as I could, I would go get my markers and my crayons and my journals and I would just write and I would make things. And I actually, as a kid, I actually, um, I still have it today. It's just not as on the forefront, but I actually have dyslexia. And writing was and creating, it was just very therapeutic for me. And um, because I think oftentimes, like in an academic setting, like I felt very pressured and very stressed out a lot of times just because it's like, oh, it was very hard for me. However, it was like, in this space, I can be free. In this space, I can just go out and do whatever I want. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that for some people, that feeling is like waking up every morning and going for a run. I don't really feel that way after runs. Same. <laughs> if I run, <laughs> um, I'm just like, okay, I need to take a break for a couple weeks. <laughs> I'll try again later. Um, so yeah, I think we, I think in everybody, there's something that that just like makes makes you think like, well. This might, I don't know, this might sound weird, but it's like, well, at least I have this. Like, this is an area where not so much I can control, but it's like, it's an area where I'm free, where I'm safe, where I can create, where I can be myself. And I think that that's, and for me, that's just been making art and writing. So I think that that's the only thing I can make sense of in terms of why I keep waking up in the morning and doing this at early hours. So 
So, yeah. Well, you mentioned the word selfish, and I just want to reframe this like a good Enneagram 7 would in the sense (laughs) that you're not selfish for doing something you love. And I think to to really illustrate Mm. for our listeners... Doing you doing something you love has impacted obviously millions of people, and that might feel weird and like okay, I don't even know how to respond to that. Um, but <laughs> you doing something you love has impacted so many. So for let that be a lesson to you, listeners, that doing something you love isn't selfish. It actually, when you do that thing that lights you up, and for lack of better words, lights your soul on fire without being cheesy, you're. You're mm. serving people and you're offering a gift to humanity. And I think that's exactly what you've done. So nothing selfish mm. about well, it. Thank you. <laughs> it's Yeah. And, and even just saying that, and thank you for saying that, because that's something that I have to remind myself of, because it does feel strange to be in a place where I'm, you know, I, and I don't know what my life is going to look like a year from now or five years from now, but where I am right now, like it does feel strange to be like, whoa, that some of the things that I love to do as a child that I would have dream, like, dreamed of doing that I get to do this. And I think there's just that part of me that, that maybe it's anxiety, maybe it's like, who knows what it is, but like, it's like, oh, I've, there's got to be a reason though. Like there's, I can't, I can't be okay with this. So just learning to accept it and embrace it, the things that we love to do. I think that that's like a whole, that's a whole thing. And it's, and it oh, can be yeah. hard. I think because when we grow, when we're growing up and, you know, we, we become adults, we have all these responsibilities and tasks and obligations and things people want and need us to do. And, and it could just start to feel like, okay, I'm just here to just like keep everyone else happy or like be the person that everyone wants me to be so I can have a job or so I can do this and I can do that. And I guess for me, I'm just learning that, yes, there are responsibilities and things I have to do, but if I'm not taking the time to rejuvenate and if I'm not taking the time to just be with myself and be present to myself and to take deep breaths and relax and do something that I that brings me joy, then I'm not going to be able to serve other people. I'm not going to be able to give to others. So, you know, I've been learning. I feel like I've been learning so much about self-care. And it was probably just a few months ago when I heard self-care. I would just roll my eyes. I'm just like, blah, whatever. <laughs> take a bath. I get it, you know, slow down. I do that, whatever. But lately I've just been realizing, I'm like, Oh, you know, regardless of what you want to call it, if you call it self-care or something else, but I'm just realizing how important it is to take care of yourself and to be mindful of yourself. And it's like, we want the people that we love to take care of themselves. And we want the people that we love to be, to know that they're cared for. So we should treat ourselves the same way. Oh yeah. And it's so important. I feel like I'm learning that more and more. And I do think that a bubble bath is one way of doing it. A vacation is one way of doing it. And I also think that if you just really, really love to read little house on the prairie books, like just do it. Yeah. (laughs) You don't have to have an excuse. It doesn't have to become a part of your brand unless you want it to. (laughs) It could just be, I just really like these books. (laughs) So, um, so yeah, that's something I'm, 
I feel like I'm learning more of. And I do like Little House on the Prairie, by the way. At least as much as I can remember. I don't know. I'm saying that. <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't read those books in 20 years. Well, I'm a but, diehard reader, yeah. so I love some good story form books. I mean, I love some good help book, yeah. self-help books, but I love to plow through a story story and just be lost in my imagination and Mm -hmm. I'm with you you know this year has been quite a lesson for me on caring for myself I know some of my listeners have heard me kind of share a little bit about this but I was running myself into my into the ground with my business my body hurt all over every single day going to the doctor Mm. getting tested for lupus rheumatoid arthritis like what is happening to me And it was stress and it's no way to live. And you really can't steward what your gift is to the world if you don't take care of yourself. And so, you know, I think people can, like you said, can roll their eyes at self-care. But I'm here to tell you, if you don't care for yourself, you're not going to be able to show up with the way you serve for the long game. And that's what we're Mm -hmm. in it for, you know. It is, it's hard. Learning to rest is not natural for me, but I've found that I like who I am so much better when I actually do it. Yeah, absolutely. You're listening to the Converge Podcast Network, and now a message from a network supporter. I'm Bob Sullivan, the new host of AARP's The Perfect Scam Podcast. And with Frank Abagnale and other top fraud experts, we're bringing you brand new episodes of America's most shocking scam stories. I got an email alerting me to 22 accounts that had been opened up in my name. Scam was masterfully designed. New episodes available now. Subscribe to The Perfect Scam Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. I love this quote by Glennon Doyle Melton, who's like, I love her so much. She wrote, pain is a traveling professor and the smart people invite it in and say, teach me everything you need to know. And I, I love that because those hard seasons can really show you and teach you versus like, I don't, I don't know about you, but sometimes when I don't invite that traveling professor in to teach me, I end up relearning the lesson 10 times. And so I'm like, can I just learn it once and like sit, (laughs) learn the lesson, be still and move forward in life. And so it's been one of those years for me. I would love for you to kind of share about this concept of all along you were blooming and kind of the heart behind your latest book, because I have a feeling based on what you've shared and kind of what, what does it look like to bloom? I would love for you to kind of share your heart behind this book. Mm. Yes. So I wrote this book from a place of, I have been writing, I've been writing at this point for over a year and a half for other people People um, can submit stories to me via DM or email and just randomly opening emails and messages all the time and just writing for others. And one of the things that I found is that as much as I love, you know, technology and I use it every day and I use it to make my art, as much as I love technology, there are limitations in terms of like, you know, I've mentioned conversation and it's like, conversations on the internet just are not the same (laughs) as in person. They're not the same as real life. And I think after writing for writing online so much, I was just like, gosh, I feel like sometimes I'm getting to a point where I just want to share a little bit more. And I want to share something that someone can 
hold in their hands and not something that you just kind of quickly scroll through. I, I kind of want to go a little bit deeper. And this book is that there are many times where I was writing for others and, and I would kind of like keep writing, but I wouldn't send them the whole thing because I'm just like, Oh, this is a bit too much. Like, I'm not quite sure. Like I have to remind myself sometimes people are reading these stories, like when they're just like waiting in line at the grocery store, <laughs> I'm like they might not want a whole Morgan Harbinickel's essay <laughs> in that moment. <laughs> So I was just like, you know, let me just kind of pull back. And I found that there was like hundreds of times where I'd done that. And I keep all these Google Docs with all of my, um, and, and different notes in my notes app. Like I keep all of these files and documents of everything that I've written. And I was like, whoa, there's so much that I've written that I haven't shared for whatever reason. So this book was just sort of revisiting that and, and really just taking those pieces and sharing it in the book and really sitting with them more. So an example of that is one of the pieces in the book, I'm pretty sure somewhere near the beginning, if not like the first, second or third piece, it talks about, you know, if you're tired of hearing the word grace because I use the word grace a lot. And I was just like, that needs to be addressed. Like, yeah. And I talk about how there's grace for that too. Like <laughs> there's grace for those moments where you're like, I've heard grace enough. I think I get it now because that's how I often feel because many times people will share stories with me and you know, the word grace comes up a lot in submissions and um, people will ask me to write on grace. And I'm like, again, are you sure? Like, <laughs> I don't know if I have anything more to say that would be interesting in any way, but I will give it a try. <laughs> so um, yeah, this book is a lot of just unpacking words that I've used a lot that I've heard used a lot. The book is divided into four sections, heart, mind, body, and soul. And just, I wanted to do that because I was just like, I wanted to just get back to the basics, to the roots, to the simple things. And, and I was like, you know what, I'm going to do this at the risk of some people may read this book and say, this is too simple for me. Like I need something more complex, but I was like, I just have to stay true to who I am because I know for me, many, many, many times where I've heard something or read something or listened to something, watched something that really spoke to me, it was because it got back down to a timeless truth, like something I've always known and maybe just forgot about or got distracted from. And yeah, so that's that to me is what this book is. And the imagery of flowers comes up a lot because I'm like, there are these really simple yet complex things that we either see physically all around us, or at some point you'll probably see it on a journal or a phone case today. <laughs> at some point you'll see a flower. At some point you'll see some, you know, for most of us, we'll see some type of plant or something. And just thinking about how, how much is there and how much it took for that flower to bloom and how much growth, how much the roots had to grow stronger in order for that flower to be what it is. And in many cases, only for a season. Um, and because 
many flowers don't just bloom all year round, all the time. There are flowers that bloom yeah. once. There are flowers that bloom, you know, throughout the year. And I was just like, wow, if you just look at flowers, I was like, that is a whole thing within itself. So it's not a book of flowers because I'm definitely not. <laughs> um, I My 2020 goal was to like be a gar- gardener and everything on my back deck is dead now. Um, <laughs> I just looked this morning. I was like, that's sad. Like I kept them alive through January. You know, we'll try again. But anyway, so I'm not a floral expert. I don't know much about flowers than I would say the average person, maybe even less. But at the same time, I'm like, but look at what all can come just from thinking about the simple concept of of coming into bloom. So yeah, I think that's what the book is about. Oh, I love that. And, and I think for me, that really speaks to kind of it, the season of becoming that I feel like I've been in for five years. You know, I Mm. think it's really easy from the outside looking in to be like, Oh, Morgan and Kelsey, man, they've got it made. They're they're They do what they love. Mm. And it's, it's not always as simple as that. And often behind the scenes, it feels like you're blooming when maybe someone else might perceive or or you're in the becoming process when someone else Mm. might perceive you've already arrived. And so, Mm -hmm. Um, I, I feel like this message really speaks to me. One thing I had, one question I had while you were kind of sharing, what's it like for you when you have to address the challenge of, man, how do I say something new on grace that I've said 7,200 mm-hmm. times? <laughs> like, what does that illustrate for you and your walk with God and your creative process? Because I think we can always learn something new, but that's easier said than done. Cause I, I mean, there are days oh, yeah. when I just have writer's block. Like, what do you do? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So one thing that I do, and I don't do this perfectly, I, <laughs> I mess up in this area quite a bit and I'm okay with it. I allow myself to be as cliche and basic as possible. So I, when I have writer's block, when I'm like, I've said this a thousand times, I did it this morning. I was like, I'm just going to keep, I'm going to write just whatever comes to mind. And I just do it as like one might do an exercise at the gym. Like, I think I'm trying to think of what the phrase was this morning. It was just like two words. Oh, keep trusting. I couldn't get past it. And I was just like, keep trusting, keep trusting, keep trusting. And I just wrote it again and again and again and again in my notebook. and then after maybe like the sixth or seventh time, I was like, oh, I should turn on my live stream and I should show people this sort of like free writing, like just writing, just to, just to show my process. And I turned on my um, live stream and I, I didn't even look at like how many people were watching or anything. I was just like, hey, share a word and I'll just write that word. And then as I wrote that word, like many of them were words that I used a lot, like surrender or healing or worth. And as I wrote those words, other words started to come up. So, and I went back and looked at the live stream and I think something like 8,000 people have logged on. And it was just such a reminder to me of like, oh, Sometimes those words that I'm tired of hearing over and over again, someone else needed to hear it. And I have to just write for not only other people, but 
the future version of myself. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> it's like there's likely going to be a time in the future where I'm flipping through an old notebook and I see the word, words keep trusting written seven times and I needed it in that moment. So it's twofold. It's like this is a way that we can encourage ourselves <laughs> and remind ourselves like, yeah, sometimes it's that basic thing that you need to say where you're just telling it like it is like you would explain it to a three-year-old that (laughs) you need to hear in that moment and then sometimes that very simple thing that you just feel like I've heard this a gazillion times someone else needed to hear it too I think it's kind of like that thing where and and I've like just become a parent so I, I haven't experienced this yet because my son's not talking, (laughs) but I've heard people say, especially about like their teenagers about like, Oh my gosh, like I told my kid this a thousand times. And then, you know, they went somewhere else and heard it. And now that person's a genius. Teenagers talk about (laughs) lessons, man. I know. Right (laughs) as I said that, I was like, Oh wait, it's not, (laughs) it's not teenagers. It's husbands. Yeah, it's like, I literally said the same thing. Yeah, that's like another whole thing. Totally true. <laughs> it's like, like, yeah, my husband would be like, you know what? I just heard the other day. And I'm like, I literally told you the same thing. Wow, that is revolutionary. I've only said it 72 times. Yes, yes. So yeah, it's like, I think it's kind of like that. It's just sometimes just seeing it from another angle, in a different font, in a different color, on a magazine. It it just, it does something. Like, I even think about, like, I think about things, like, at some point, I would love to do some type of, like, billboard project where I did, like, really simple phrases like that on billboards. And I'm, I'm like, my name doesn't even have to be on it. Like, I don't even care. I just think there's, there could be, like, power in just having a billboard that just said, breathe on it exhale (laughs) trust surrender release like just imagine seeing that when you're having a stressed out day and you're just driving down the interstate and you see the word release like I'm like that would do something for me like I'd be like you know what I do need a release so I try to think about little things like that and, and that honestly helps me get out of my head and it helps me just think about like yeah, intentionally, like, be simple. And if I get stuck on that, one thing I actually like to do is I actually tell myself, like, write crappy on purpose. And I didn't come up with that. I got that from somewhere else. Um, I don't remember where I read it or heard it, but it was just, like, write bad poetry on purpose. Like, <laughs> like just write a bad song on purpose. And I think because we're for me at least, I try so hard to be a good writer, a profound writer, a better writer. I don't, I stop letting it naturally just happen. So when I allow myself to just be bad at it and to just make mistakes, then actually good things start to happen from that. So yeah, it's, I, I, I'm really passionate about that because I, I think when it comes to creativity as a whole, it's very hard to stay, even in creative fields, it's hard to stay in a position where you are okay and you find freedom and confidence in making mistakes because everything about just turn the lens on school alone, everything about school is don't make mistakes. Like 
make as few mistakes as possible. And that is how you get the best results. Like you can't just fail your chemistry exams. Be like, oh, I learned a lot. (laughs) It's like, yeah, but you failed the class. Now you have to take it again. So a lot of us have been kind of conditioned to just like think in terms of like, I have to be right. I can't get this wrong. I can't get this wrong. And there are times where that's absolutely true. It's like, yes, you do have to pass your driver's test at the DMV before you can get a license. <laughs> like, it's probably a really good thing. <laughs> However, there's all these other areas of our lives where that does not apply. There's no right way to use your journal. And I'm sure you, as someone who has created a beautiful journal, I'm sure that's something that you probably feel like you want people to, when they, when they see your journals, like, I don't want you to think that this is some thing that you have to treat perfectly and write in right. the, best, the best handwriting you've ever had. It's like, no, like make mistakes, scratch out words, write something else. So yeah, it's, it's learning for me. It's a daily practice of like, learning how to be okay with making mistakes and learning how to be okay with like being wrong and occasionally having typos in my work. And I get a message from somebody like an hour later after it's been up and seen by a bunch of people like, Hey, there's a massive typo in your last thing. And I'm like, Oh, okay. That's good to know. And it does get to me like that still does bother me, but I have to remind myself of like, that's okay though. That's a part of the process. So, so yeah, I could talk about that forever. I, but. Mean, well, I love it. And I, I was literally just doing the Instagram story last week about the dumpster fire my editing felt like at the moment. And it's, it's fine now, but that's just part of the creative process. Like nothing is perfect on the first iteration and just get it on paper and tweak and refine it into perfection over time. It's okay. But if you expect perfection, as soon as it's, you know, out of your mind onto the paper, half the time we're processing as we put it on paper. Yes. Yes. And so I think giving ourselves permission to do it imperfectly um, is really powerful, although uncomfortable. It's sometimes I look back at my stuff and I'm like, I'm embarrassed. That's bad. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And so, yes. and I even sent out, I had to send out my book because people were mentioned in it um, to get approval and they were catching typos or repetitive phrases because it wasn't fully edited and I felt vulnerable mm-hmm. and uncomfortable and like, Hey, just so you know, it's not perfect yet. Yeah. There's like 10 more edits left, but it is what it is. Like that is a very normal part of the creative process. And I, mm-hmm. I just love that you, you highlighted that. And my favorite takeaway is just allowing yourself to be basic. I cannot mm-hmm. count how many <laughs> times I was trying to be profound. Yes. And then I was like, that is the furthest thing from pro- profound. And it's okay. It's part of it. And I think for our listeners, it'll be very freeing to hear that from you. And so, man, thank you. Morgan, what's next in this season? I mean, you're going to be a gardener in 2020. Don't let January (laughs) hold you back. What else? I will not give up. (laughs) What's coming down the pipes? Yeah. So um, speaking of gardens, so my, my online shop is called Garden 24 because I love the concept of growing and always growing 24 hours a day. 24 is also my favorite number. So yeah, the shop is called Garden 24. And we actually, we're literally waiting on keys right now where um, we just got our first space. So I'm going to have like an actual studio space, which I'm so excited about. I plan on teaching workshops there. 
And I, yeah, it's just, I can't believe that we're doing this, but it just, it's one of those things that feels so big and so beyond me, but at the same time, I'm like, it has to happen. Like this is the next big step. And so, yeah, that's, that's really on my mind right now. And I'm so excited about it. Morgan, that is so cool. And I just feel like this is going to be such a year of acceleration for for you, not to mention the last few years, which have been wild, mm. but I'm just so excited to see Thank you. what's next. Um, your book is stunning. I'm so excited for it to be out in the world. Thank you for the gift your words bring to so many of us. And mm. man, where can everyone find you and where can everyone grab a copy? I'm sure they already know, but just in case. Yes. So um, my book, All Along Your Blooming, is available wherever books are sold. And you can go to Barnes & Noble, Amazon. My, my shop, Garden24, has signed copies if you want a signed copy. And yeah, that's where it is. Morgan, thank you so much for joining us today. I can't wait till next time. Oh, thank you so much. I'm so grateful for you. Hey, don't go yet. I would love it if you go over to iTunes right now and leave a review. I love hearing your feedback and it really makes a difference in getting the Radiant Podcast name out there. And while you're at it, why don't you subscribe and then share this episode on Facebook or Instagram or wherever your social media platform is of choice. Lastly, I'd love to keep up with each other. Come find me on Instagram at Kels Chapman and let's get to know each other. This show is part of the Converge Podcast Network. Save your most important documents and photos in the cloud. A Microsoft 365 subscription gives you a full terabyte of secure OneDrive storage, plus an added layer of protection with OneDrive Personal Vault. Buy now at Microsoft365.com slash photos. Save your most important documents, videos, and photos in the cloud. With a Microsoft 365 subscription, you get a full terabyte of secure OneDrive storage that you can access across all your devices. As part of your subscription, you get the added benefit of additional OneDrive personal vault storage. Using a second set of identity verification, this gives you an extra layer of protection for your most important and private files. Buy now at Microsoft365.com slash memories.